We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Well, you know, it's like you get a week off and then you don't necessarily have the, the match fitness to start the next week, so you got to ease your way back in. So I think that's just what JD's doing. Yeah, that's right. He's working his way back to full, full pod fitness. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and Jamie Dazzo. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of rotowire.com. We are going to split this podcast up in two because we have two MLS experts who can't seem to agree on a time that we can all meet. So... Part one right now, J.D. Bazo, thanks for coming on and leading us off. No problem. Thanks for accommodating me because I got to watch my Penguins uh, in half an hour. That's right. Big Penguins caps tonight. It seems like, do they play every year, it seems, in the playoffs? They, they played quite a bit, and the Penguins usually have uh, gotten the better of them. But this this year, the caps are really good. Um, I guess they were uh, last time. I was going to say, I've heard this story. Too. I've heard this before. Yeah, caps are good. And but then the, also, the Crosby-Ovechkin thing, they like to hype up. Sure, so. sure, sure. Um, so you get the lucky uh, draw of the early slate, which is 
uh, nothing for or we have a one game that's part of a Liga MX slate on DraftKings at least on Friday night, and then a two game early slate. Uh, before we jump into that, I wanted to discuss FMLS a little bit. The I use your you Adam Zadroik and, and Skyler's rankings exclu- basically exclusively when I'm putting my teams together, and um, anybody who plays can see those are just right there on RotorWire.com/soccer. The so we do the positional ranking. So obviously it's up to the user to like figure out like how many of these forwards you want to use and how many of your mids and and whatnot. Going through my team and going through the kind of the players that I was focusing on this week, it feels like I might end up using either a four-five-one or a three-five-two. Usually I try to go three-four-three, but I I basically try to like maximize forwards. But it seems like I might go five midfielders this week. Uh, What do you think about that? Yeah, the midfield's loaded. It's loaded, right? Yeah. I did my rankings and I saw Ladero, Alessandrini. Almiron and Piotti and I said wow I wonder if I can fit all four of those guys in because there's some great matchups you have Piotti plays Vancouver uh Alessandrini gets the union flying across the country uh Ladero gets the revolution and who who's the fourth guy oh Almiron has a matchup against DC United DC, yeah. who haven't been that great stopping uh, guys in the center of the field. And I think Steve Birnbaum has a concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, it was by far their best defender. So I looked at those four midfielders and I didn't really have time to tinker with my FMLS lineup yet. But I said, after the podcast tonight, I am going to strongly, strongly try to get all four of those guys in. I don't know if it's going to be possible. Uh, if I have to go with five defenders and one forward, I, I will consider that as somebody who has already made um, nine, uh, 19, 18. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to play uh, this 18, week, 18 transfers transfer. already this week. <laughs> <laughs> Only 11, 11 guys I can start. Uh, you can very easily get them in. Um, okay. Because the, def- the, the defensive teams that you want are cheap. So like uh, RSL, uh, or, I'm sorry, Sporting Kansas City's hosting RSL. And they could be without Plata and a bunch of others. Uh, Seattle or... could be without a bunch of guys. <clears throat> yep, Seattle. Well, um, yes, so that also creates it, although you never really know with those guys backing up, although even their defenders aren't. Like, Jovan Jones is really cheap. Um, Orlando's hosting Colorado. I don't always trust the Orlando defense, but it's there and, and that's I a decent matchup. I think it's time. I think it's time to start trusting the Orlando okay. defense. Okay. All yeah. right. So, and they have fairly cheaper options. Certainly Bendik is, I, I think. So I don't think you're going to struggle even with getting those four guys and Javinko. Um, it's really right. after that, that requires the, the tinkering. My, my second forward right now is Christian Ramirez, who like, I like Minnesota home against San Jose, like San Jose on the road. I'm fine with that matchup. But I see Kevin Molino might miss out now. I don't know if that – I feel like that negatively affects uh, Ramirez. Um, yes, I think it does. Yeah, right. and so I'll, I'll boot him. I'm really trying to get Dempsey, and I've slowly, I'm slowly trying to convince myself that Jordan Morris for the price is just as good, which I know is not true. <laughs> but I'm going that, that direction. But I think, I think a lot of people either will or should have th- those four midfielders that – that you listed. I think the fifth one is actually going to be kind of interesting where people go because like um, I was going for Victor Vasquez 
um, with yep. Toronto home against Houston. Sasha Kledgeton's available, but they, you know, the Red Bulls have been kind of disappointing to start the year. Molino, if he was fit, I think would be a, a decent call. And then I think Failhaber is probably next on the list. Yeah, I think I mean even a guy like Hika from yep. San Jose is eight point one. He's I mean he's in Minnesota, but I think that's a a place where he could really gain some offensive points. Uh, and the defensive midfielders, a lot of them have solid matchups as well. So Kellen Acosta, I yep. think, could have a, a big active game because Portland is a is a good attack, but they're missing Valeri, so it might get a little bit sloppy in the midfield. Um, Maybe just Kellen Acosta, since he's playing such a quality team, is is racking up some bonus points. Um, so it's yeah, a lot of a lot of ways you can go, even if everybody had all four of those those midfielders. Um, right, but I, the other thing is, I mean, there's going to be some huge games from forwards because there's a lot of lopsided matchups. Yeah. So I'm, it's going to be tough. Um, but really, I think if the way to build a lineup is to anymore. You can't ignore your defenders. Um, I kind of I haven't made a promise to myself, but in my mind, I'm not sure I'm going to have a switcheroo that doesn't involve a defender that I think could get a clean sheet mm-hmm. for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of crazy not to try that. Totally agree. Uh, I mean, I think if you were going five defenders to start the season every single game week, you probably would still be uh, pretty competitive, if not higher than I am. So uh, <laughs> it's been a little bit of an adjustment. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, it makes the game fun, I guess. We'll see if it gets old, because really, you want to be taking attacking players. Right. Yeah. There's nothing worse in fantasy than like hoping nothing happens, which is basically what you're doing when you're hoping for clean sheets. Um, right, and eventually everyone's going to be, once everyone catches on, they're just going to be taking the same teams we think are going to get a clean sheet. and mm-hmm. It's going to come down to a lot of coin flips based on whether or not someone picks the Atlanta defenders this week or whether or not they pick the Seattle defenders, yep. Toronto, whatever. So, Yep. I think um, Skyler's boy Jimmy Madronda is going to be pretty highly owned as well just because of that, that matchup. Yeah, I think all three of us ranked him highly. Yep. I ranked him second, but uh, Skyler and Adam both had him first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Skyler's contractually not... obligated to do that, though. <laughs> One of these weeks, Madronda's just not going to start, though, which makes me nervous. Um, I feel like it's going to have to be a few bad games in a row for that to happen, though, right? I mean, I I think completely depending on matchup, Peter Vermees could just decide that it's time to give Jimmy Madronda a break and use him off the bench as needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's playing well. He's a good player, but he doesn't have a natural position. So if Vermees wants to get any kind of rotation going on, then... The worst is that next week, Sporting Kansas City have a double game week, and it could happen then, and then everybody would just be furious. Yeah, but I mean, you'll probably still get like a game in a quarter and a, out of yeah. Madronda, so... I don't know that that'll be interesting though, and it looks like they have a a, a good double game week. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, at Minnesota's. I mean, clean sheet wise, I'm not sure that's. Although, Sporting have been so good defensively, but we'll get we'll get to that. Uh, right. Well, I don't yeah. know if we'll have a podcast I, before then for that, but we'll see. I like the new setup uh, for the double game weeks. What do you mean? Instead of like having to plan like four weeks ahead. Oh for, yeah. 
so that everyone gets the same couple players. I felt like this last double game week was really interesting. We all, me, you, and Skylar at least, all had decently different teams. Yeah. Um, so that was fun, I think, the differentiation there. But you also get like a clean slate to build what do you think is going to be the best team. Yep, yep, I totally agree. Um, there was nothing worse than that double game week where you like planned three weeks ahead and then you finally get there and like two of the guys that you bought three weeks ago are now hurt. <laughs> or like I'm sitting here like uh, agonizing over whether I need to take a minus four to get a center back in right. or something. <laughs> right. Jared Watts or something. Oh, who's been pretty good this year, actually, in fairness to... <laughs> he was lost. better last year, even. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, all right, let's uh, dive into the three games we're going to have you on for. The first is um, Toronto and Houston. Obviously, this is part of that Liga MX slate that we're going to pretend doesn't exist. Um, is there any reason to think uh, the Houston guys will be able to to produce much? I mean, obviously, Toronto hasn't been quite as good defensively this year, but it's still Toronto on an April night hosting a southern team how about that <laughs> right yeah just toronto hosting anybody in general i think is a, a tough matchup for the opposite team mm-hmm. um you have drew moore is still out yep and i think actually who's going to play that third center back spot is kind of up in the air um for toronto they don't have anyone that can really plug in there i was gonna say it's gonna be a midfielder probably i assume uh, right? That could be, or I guess a fullback could tuck in, like Bayashore oh, yep. or Morrow could tuck in because they have Raheem Edwards playing wing back, and yep. he has been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, if he ever gets moved to a defender on DraftKings like he should be, that's going to be exciting. <laughs> yeah, he's a forward on FMLS too. I mean, I think he is a forward basically. Well, I mean, that's what he played, uh, like in the <laughs> academy and. Right. everything but i mean if he's being used as, as a defender all year and sure just just look at the toronto lineup he's not going to get too many minutes at forward no no certainly not um if you do think that houston scores is cubo the first guy you go to i think he's the the player that i ranked the highest in yeah. my my weekly rankings um and that wasn't even very high but i i want to see kyoto get back and do it first yep um i I guess you couldn't even assume that he's going to start necessarily because he hasn't started yet. Right. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen turn. anything. I haven't seen anything in the news that suggests one way or another. But I, it's probably about time soon. It helps that the rest of uh, Houston's forwards and wingers are playing well in his absence. Um, I think it's just going to be really tough for Houston because Toronto's midfield is so good. Yep. Totally agree. I. I. Don't really see that much of a reason to play anybody from Houston. Great. Go research that Liga MX game and figure <laughs> out who you want in addition to Javinko, uh, maybe Josie, I think is probably a good play this week. And certainly and, uh, Vasquez, right? I mean, yes. He's, he's, he's still, wow, he's not even 7,000. Yeah. <laughs> he has five assists in three games. That's pretty good. <laughs> not a bad return. I mean, they're only going to get better as he gets to know Josie and Javinko and even Bradley and the wingers pushing up. So that's that's going to be exciting. Uh, keep in mind, I don't think all of them have been kind of healthy to start the season until the last two games or so. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Let's jump into the Saturday slate. We've got uh, three o'clock Eastern Montreal hosting Vancouver and then 
Uh, I believe it's 355, Orlando hosting Colorado. That's a super specific kickoff time for a league that's kickoff times are so terribly, uh, I, have, I don't know. I have no, um, no thought that that game is kicking off at 355. I mean, the ones on national TV are insane. Their kickoff time is whatever, say it's 2 o'clock. Yeah, it's like 227. Well, it, sometimes it's like 40 to 45 minutes after their mm-hmm. scheduled kickoff time, which I clearly know is for TV purposes and to get people to tune into Fox and ESPN. But it's absurd because the DraftKings lineup could kick off yeah. 10 minutes after lineups are released. Yes. Yeah, because that's, that's kind of what people either don't recognize or, or – I mean, not that MLS is great about uh, 60 minutes before kickoff, but like if they do try to use that, it's – that's what it is it's kickoff not not when the game is on tv so you know we complain that they're like the lineups are 30 minutes late but it turns out they're still like an hour before because you got to wait so long but right yeah it's crazy i i get really annoyed at that and i wish DraftKings had a way to not lock the uh your lineup until the game actually kicked until off. actual kickoff yeah that yeah, would that, be nice i agree i agree uh, anyway, so let's jump into this one. Uh, when I was looking at my FMLS team, I actually grabbed Iongo as a possible clean sheet candidate. Uh, I had him in the switcheroo because he's fairly cheap. I like it. And, you know, Vancouver on the road doesn't make me think they're going to do a bunch, although Freddie Montero has been pretty good lately. Um, yeah, he's been pretty good. And Bolaños is back and healthy, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Montero, 28, 25, and 18 fantasy points in his last four, including that missed penalty last week. Um, the Piatti is obviously the top play here. Uh, we might get Kaká back, although I'd be shocked if he started after being out for so long. So uh, does Kaká possibly coming off the bench make you feel any differently about some of the Orlando guys? Not really. I think Kyle Laren's a, a pretty good play. He's a little expensive given the defense he's going up against, yeah. but you have to pick someone on this two-game slate, and I probably trust him more than any other forward there is. I mean, you have Montero. Uh, that's kind of close because Montreal's been a pretty poor defensive team, uh, probably bottom two or three defensive team this year. Yeah. So them at home, I, I don't really even like that that much, but maybe they, they can pull it off. And then you have, uh, I guess, Mancosu baji or doyle um yeah it's slim that, pick it. a yep. <laughs> forward spot for sure there's not even like a cheap guy you can just throw in there uh you have to like kind of pay up for someone yeah even so, i doubt anthony jackson hamill's getting the call although he did play what do you have two goals last week didn't he yes in about half an hour yeah yeah not even a goal the week before yeah so maybe that's I, the call who sure cares if he starts pretty early this season said when you see him starting get him in there but uh he hasn't started more than one game this year, I think. Well, it turns out it doesn't matter. <laughs> right, but I mean, it's going to be tough to know when he gets subbed on, sure. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, that's... He could be key this year, yeah. The, yeah, that's a, that'll be a tricky one. Not even like having enough salary. It's just going to be like finding another forward. to. Yeah, you almost on. have to get two good forwards just because that's, I mean, unless you want Baji or Odoro or... When Odoro scores, he scored the, I think he scored the other week. I guess it was earlier in the season, yeah. And I just, like, someone jumped ahead of me in a tournament. I thought, who plays Odoro? 
<laughs> like not because he's bad, but like his goal scoring is so infrequent, he doesn't really get points any other way. Isn't uh, that exactly who you should be taking for a tournament? I mean, it's like a a really really big dart throw. It's yeah, but I mean, props to them. So <laughs> I always try to put him in the Tesho category, but Tesho doesn't even start as much as Adoro does. So I'm not sure that's that's really yeah. Yeah, I mean they're different players, but I guess you're right. In I just meant in terms of like the random. I feel like they're slightly not that they're better than dart throws, but they're like you've they succeed more often than never. (laughs) Maybe that's how I look at it. (laughs) More often than Kevin Doyle, right? There you go. There you go. He scored last week or two weeks ago, probably a Um, penalty. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and he missed on that bicycle kick last weekend. (laughs) He kicked himself in the face. That was great. Uh, highlight of that game. Um, all right, so the midfield, you said, uh, you obviously mentioned Bolaños, who has been playing pretty well. Um, Bolaños had, actually, Bolaños and Oyongo both had double-digit crosses last yeah. week. So those are two good guys that we mentioned right off the bat. Um, Oyongo is nice and expensive, but, again, you I'm not sure where you're... The interesting thing about Oyongo is he was benched a little earlier this season, mm-hmm. I think, for at least a week or two because he was playing so poorly defensively. He just wanted to get up in the attack. So yeah. that's that's both good and bad, but probably good for DraftKings purposes. Right. Um, it sure seems like since he's been back in, he hasn't been reined in too much. Certainly not with 10 crosses last week. So right, yeah. One of them for an assist. So um... so I think, yeah, Bolaños is a good call. Um I have what's going on with Shkelzengashi? I did not see why he did not start last week. Um, he, did he, oh, he didn't play at all. I think, right? I don't think he did. Yeah. No. Um, I feel like I haven't seen anything about. Yeah, there's no. I haven't seen anything about it. So. Right. Little, so uh, he's got to be hurt, that, but. Yeah, that's a guy that Colorado really needs to get going. Um, I know he kind of did have, I think, a lingering uh, calf or Achilles type situation. Yeah. So he's 8,000. If he starts, like, he's a he's a, probably a better tournament play than Cash just because he's on the road. I think Orlando are really good at home, and Jason Kreiss has them playing really good defense. Um, on that note, MPG is, like, also kind of in that range borderline Cash, but probably not, mm-hmm. um, especially if Kaká starts because then MPG won't have any type of free kick action. I think he was um, taking some corners even when Kaká was in. Oh, really? Or okay. last season, but Kaká's gotcha. only lasted about 12 minutes this year, so we obviously <laughs> don't know what we're getting from that. Right. I think I saw, so, yeah, Will Johnson took corners last weekend, which right. I don't know what and, to I mean, he's been having a great season. He <laughs> really has been, but you're not going to play him, right? I mean, um, like MPG didn't uh, came off the bench last week, so the thought... Like, if he starts, I can't imagine Will Johnson still taking corners. Yeah, right. No, I know what you mean, but I, Johnson has a pretty good floor, um, especially against Colorado, I feel like. So it, if you have that amount left and you need to fill, like, your utility spot, you could do worse. But, yeah, he's not a guy that I'm ever looking towards. He's not right. really the most offensive player, that's for sure. Maybe more of, like, a FMLS guy for, like, a cheap midfield spot. I don't mm. know how much he costs there, but. Yeah, if you yeah, have so, if you have fifty two hundred dollars left in your spot, that's reserved for guys named Will. Then yeah, I would go with Will Johnson. 
Yeah, Mo Syed is forty eight hundred, and I think he's probably on most set pieces for Colorado. So yeah, certainly if Gashi's out, right? Yeah, and I mean Powers might take a couple if he's also in because a Jay Boateng is out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Syed's a guy that forty eight hundred. He should grow into a much larger role as he gets comfortable in Colorado. Um, he's always been a guy that could could flash some good offensive skills. He's a great passer. So yeah, the problem with with Syed and with um, powers is that neither of them really shoot that much. Like you're, right. you're, you're getting, I mean, powers has a, some pretty decent stat lines. Just, you know, he picks up a few fouls drawn and tackles and stuff like that. But the lack of shots is always one that troubles me just cause that's like your upside and there's just none if you don't take any shots. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. And it, I mean, powers best year in the league was his rookie year when he won rookie of the year mm-hmm. and he, used to shoot more then yeah yeah maybe that's anecdotal i could be making it up but <laughs> i feel like i remember him like taking some big bombs from outside the box and now you're right he doesn't do any of that he seems more out of shape um i don't know not nearly as involved but does giles barnes get you excited at all not really ever lately <laughs> i mean it's been pretty like, ugly he flashes like a couple good times a game, but that's about it. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's it, unfortunately. And it, I mean, he was everything Houston had at that time. They had Will Bruin at striker, mm-hmm. um, Andrew Wanger on the other wing, Boniac Garcia was still their main playmaker. So, Jeez. yeah, they kind of needed to rely on Giles Barnes, who also scored goals when he just wasn't even paying attention then. Do you remember that goal that? like fell on his foot in the box last year and he it didn't even look like he knew it was yeah there. he wasn't looking right or he was looking i think he was <laughs> he actually saw it like the last second and hit it yeah i'm not sure he even saw it um <laughs> i'll have to look that up because i do remember that i actually kind of thought it hit his back so maybe that was maybe I'm no, that was frank lampard i was just like about to say times. it might have been a lamp lampardian goal more but um what goalkeeper do you find yourself looking for like i feel like you not that there are a lot of expensive guys on this slate, but like I just generally try to go with the cheaper guys. And it seems like just the way the Rapids defensively are that they, that McMath might be a better play than Usted. Do you feel differently? Um, or would you just pay up? I'm probably just going to pay up for Bendik. Hmm. It's funny to have to pay up for him here, but. Usually he's minimum price right. <laughs> or lower at least. But Bendik's been really good this year. He has what twelve saves in the last two games. It's, I see. Yeah, it's a it's a decent. Um, amount. My my fear with Bendik is that Colorado will get like one shot on goal. Mm. That could be a problem. You could make an argument for any keeper on this slate. I think the one that I like the least is probably Usted. But I don't really like Bush that much more because I feel like he could get fewer shots against him, whereas Usted has a almost a better defense and he will see shots. Montreal's like kind of a counterattacking team, mm-hmm. so they're they're the team that doesn't get many shots but still scores a couple goals. So you don't really want to play a keeper against them that often. But this might be an exception. Yeah, I mean, for a two-game slate, you're. <laughs> You're going to have to make right. some exceptions. Right, I mean, tickets are slim, but I think the goalkeeper discussion is always a good one to have. Uh, McMath is probably the guy that's going to see the most shots. 
Um, yeah. So if that screams upside to you, which it usually does to me in tournaments especially, then I think that's a, a good buy at 4000 But cash games, I think, is Bendik um, almost for sure. Okay. All right. Uh, you're all done. We don't need you anymore. Well, and I got four minutes to spare. Plenty of time to throw on that Crosby jersey and get yourself psyched. <laughs> I only have a flurry jersey, and he's back back in net this year. So. Oh, there we go. Um, I will say that I will be writing about the late slate if anyone doesn't like Skyler's opinions and wants to read mine instead. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have that up sometime before the slate. So, uh, yeah, we'll. You have all of those. Maybe I'll ask Skyler for a quick, uh, quick review. Nah, I probably won't. Yeah, well. Either way, <laughs> I got it covered. Either way, uh, thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Good luck, everybody. And welcome to part two of this week's podcast. We're mixing it up a little bit with uh, our first part with J.D. Bazo right now. Joining me, Skylar Redpath. Skylar, J.D. described uh, the first part as, um, trying to think of it, as a little snack and that mm-hmm. you were going to be responsible for, for bringing the meaty part of the, port, the uh, podcast. So I, I hope you're ready for it. Yeah, second week in a row, it seems like J.D. had the week off last week, and now he has to watch hockey or something, so <laughs> he's responsible for two or three games. I don't know. I'll take it, though. I'm glad to uh, help out where I can. So, Well, you know, it's it. like you get a week off, and then you don't necessarily have the, the match fitness to start the next week, so you got to ease your way back in. So I think that's just what J.D.'s doing. Yeah, that's right. He's working his way back to full full pod fitness. I guess, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> He, he claimed he was okay because he's going to be writing about this slate that, that you're going to talk about. So he felt like he still had uh, a little bit going, although he doesn't have the benefit uh, of, um, of listening to, to what you think to just steal all of your picks for his article anyway. So maybe he'll wait to do it. He claimed he was going to do it during this game, this hockey game he's watching tonight. But Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed pretty amped about the hockey game. I don't he sure know did. He's going to be writing an MLS article while he's watching, but we'll see. <laughs> What else could you possibly be doing during a hockey game? Um, So I'm going to, we started with a little FMLS conversation. I'm going to throw this kind of basically the same question to you in that um, building, whenever I put my lineup together, I use the rankings that you and Adam and and JD do. But because they're done positionally and not kind of an overall, you know, it's kind of up to the the reader to figure out, you know, how many defenders to use and whatnot. And it felt like this was going to be a week to use five midfielders. Um, Do you feel the same way that you're going to be kind of midfield heavy this week? Yeah, I think so. The way my team sets up right now, it's looking more like a 4-4-2. It could turn into a a 4-5-1. I've got Dempsey up as my other forward Mm -hmm. with Giovinco. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, feels like midfield and even defenders are really kind of where the the points are emerging this season. Defender, especially with the the pricing structure, um, I've I think last week last round was the first round that I actually ran with a uh, five four one or a five three two. First time I had five defenders at the back and it worked out uh, well. I think I finished fifth overall for the week, jumped up the overall ladder a pretty good bit, and it just just scrolling back through some of the dream teams, it looks like there's five defenders on at least half of the, you know, the eight dream teams that have been out so far. So 
Um, I think, yeah, I think defenders and midfield are kind of where it's at this this season, and I'm probably going to keep rolling with that. Is that a good thing? I mean, I guess if you want to give a little bit more exposure to some guys that normally wouldn't be. I mean, defender is not always the most glamorous position, and I think uh, for me, I've been playing fantasy soccer for so long, um, and you know, you're always looking for the goal scores or who's going to get on the score sheet, and I've always wanted to see kind of defenders and um, defensive midfielders be rewarded for their contributions. So I feel like it's it's a good thing, kind of uh, way to to mix them into the fantasy uh, conversation, mm-hmm. I guess. It's a very diplomatic way to put it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like goals, so I'm gonna keep focusing there. But yeah, I, um, I was saying to JD, I have Christian Ramirez in as my second forward now, and I I don't have enough basically how I'm built to to get Dempsey in. So I'm slowly trying to convince myself that Jordan Morris is just as good, even though he obviously isn't, but we'll, uh, we'll get to that at some point. So let's jump into the later slate on, on DraftKings. They, uh, they have a big seven game slate starts at seven thirty Eastern. And then the last kickoff is ten thirty. So, uh, you know, a nice three hour gap for, for checking lineups, but JD kind of made the point that, and we'll get the first four lineup, first four games in. We'll have their lineups before lock, so makes it a little bit easier. Um, certainly, uh, f- because we've got some pretty heavy hitters on this slate. But let's jump into the first game: Columbus home against uh, New York City FC. David Villa is the most expensive forward on the slate. Uh, there are two midfielders more expensive than him. So, with Alessandrini, who is an astonishing eleven-five but probably worth it. And Ladero at 10-8 and probably worth it. Um, I assume you're not going to have David Villa this week. Yeah, probably not. The matchup's really good for him. Um, I always feel like targeting targeting forwards against Columbus um, usually is, is kind of a good strategy to employ. But yeah, with Alessandrini and Ladero on the board, those are my top two targets just across all formats, especially on DraftKings where you, you're getting points for crosses and those two are probably the top of the heap this season. Um, I can't, I'm not looking at their game logs, but I'd imagine each have probably double digit crosses uh, multiple games in a row or multiple games this season. So, you know, V is obviously one of the best goal scorers in the league. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm looking to bank those you know, you could can consider them automatic points from Alessandrini and Ladero. You look at this last game from Villa. Um, I think he's he left it late, which seems like he's been doing this season a lot. So if you don't get that goal from him, you know you're probably looking at seven or eight points, which it's not bad. But if you go with a guy like Alessandrini or Ladero, then you're not getting a goal or an assist, and you're still getting hopefully close to like fifteen to twenty points. So kind of my mindset there with with those three high-end options the if you go with alessandrino and ladero uh in your DraftKings lineup you're left with an average remaining salary of 4600 bucks which is not a lot when when you have uh six more spots to fill so um, yeah and i don't know if it'll be i mean there's there will be a way if you want to squeeze up but it may come down to where you just have to pick one or the other this week yeah, um, but there's some value plays out there on the board. I'm I'm looking at a few right now that jump off, and I think you could probably work it if you want to, in a uh, you know in a strong cash lineup. Uh, anyone from the Columbus side? Um, let's see, just 
taking a quick glance here. So um, you got Iguain at seven thousand, which is not that bad for him. But again, if you're, I feel like that's still a little too much if you if you want some of these other guys. Right. Um, Nico Hansen's been starting. He's only been going about sixty minutes. And he's a cheap board. He's been hovering around 4,500, 4,800. It looks like he's jumped up to 5,200. So, you know, on a slate where you're trying to work in some high and midfielders, you want kind of that a good cheap board that you can slide in and just hope that you can get seven, eight, nine points out of. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Hanson's that guy, but he's somebody that I've been kind of keeping my eye on. He hasn't really been producing much um he had nine points the game before this last one he had an assist and uh two points the previous game both he looks like he came off right at around the 60th minute mark so you know if if any of the guys from the columbus game are a a value then i'd say that he might fit the bill if he starts again but i just don't know if i can go there yeah yeah i hear you and obviously via becomes essentially prohibitively expensive but the it seems like the other guys haven't really stepped up like maxi morales uh buddy of mine uh, f- uh well, i guess morales has had a, a few good games but it seems like he misses a sitter every game and <laughs> it's like he you look at his uh game logs you know 8 8 13 18 like he's getting better he had an assist last week but like it should be explosive because he's missing these like really easy goals, but I'm not sure I'm convinced that means he's going to get those goals. Like it's one of those, like the expected goal is higher than it should then, you know, obviously the, the actual goals, but I'm not sure that's going to change. Right. He's been, uh, had him over the weekend. He was pretty productive and I think it was a GPP lineup that I had and it did performed well. Um, I think what we've seen the past couple of games from him is, about what you can expect, maybe that 10 to 18 point range. But uh-huh. we saw earlier in the season when he did score a goal, um, he hit 34 points. He had a goal and two assists against DC United. So I think that's kind of the the ceiling that you can uh, can shoot for when you're playing a guy like Morales, and he's 6,700. So, um, you know, if you're kind of upside with somebody for 6,700, then um, I don't think he's a guy that you can rely on uh, week in and week out, but matchup base, I'd say you can throw him in the mix, and I think this, this is a good matchup for him. Well, let's let's go on to the other 730 game because there's a guy right next to him price-wise at 6,500, which, which is Bastian Schweinsteiger, excuse me, the fire playing at the Red Bulls, uh, who have been pretty disappointing to start the year, but um, they do have a, num- a number of very expensive players. Sasha Kledgen is one of them, so... I felt like usually, like certainly last year, if you saw Kledgeton home against the fire, you'd be all over it. But I'm not sure I'm paying 9300 for Kledgeton this week. Uh, probably not. Again, just going back to the guys that I'm looking at with uh, Alessandrini and Lodero, then it's probably going to... Kledgeton's falling down the ladder there. Um, and, you know, Schweinsteiger, I'm happy to see him in the league. It was fun to play him when he was super cheap, but his prices crept up and the productions crept down. At the same time, it just it seemed like when that very first game he was doing everything. He was taking set pieces, you know, picking up a mm-hmm. uh, handful of defensive bonus points here and there, and it just seems like it's tapered off a little bit. So I'm probably not going there um, with Schweinsteiger this 
this game, but one do like talking about a value play is Dax McCarty. Yeah. <laughs> and the revenge game of all revenge, revenge game for him. That's right. And he's 4,100 on DK. He had nine points last game and that's just all peripherals. So, um, I'm never huge on playing like a defensive midfielder um, on DK, but I feel like this might be the uh, situation that you could roll him out, especially being that he's only 4,100. Um, if he throws up four or five points and, you know, it's not going to kill your lineup at that price, but the motivational factor is going to be there. Um, and just, you know, looking at his game logs, he's had nine or more points in three of his last four games. So, um, I'd definitely be willing to take a take a risk with Dax this week. I consistently joke about revenge games, and I never pick a player because of it. Dax might be the exception. Playing certainly at the at Red Bull Arena too. It's not like this; they're playing them in Chicago. Like, I think if they're, if you're ever looking for like the definition of a revenge game, this is it. <laughs> so right. I'll, and I guess I'll buy the only that forty one hundred. Worry me is maybe he gets a little too fired up and picks up some some cheap fouls and yellow card that kind of thing, but. I don't know. I've kind of got him pegged just from from uh, assessing the game and kind of looking at his his recent game log. I'm thinking that he's good for maybe seven to ten points this game, which I'd be fine with for uh, trying to build a lineup with some high end players and squeezing him in at 4100. I'd be all right with that. I love it. Love the call. Uh, anybody from Chicago that you like then, other than Dax? Obviously, we said Schweinsteiger's too much, and they have a few fullbacks who occasionally pay off although i don't know if i'm gonna really play them at red bull arena so i guess the real question is are there any red bulls that you're looking at because you know if they're favored you want some exposure but obviously bwp and collection are very very expensive do you try to get cheap with any of the others or do you end up fading them yeah i don't think so i think i'm probably gonna fade this game for the most part um i mean i like I guess I like their defensive options, but Kamar Lawrence is pretty pricey. Um, I do like Colin as a center back punt, but I'm not going to be paying 4100 for a center back. Um, so I don't know. I may end up just fading the fading this game altogether. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of, of considering mixing Dax in if I need the the salary space. It's pretty crazy on a seven game slate that we have eight defenders who are 5,000 and above, although it's really seven, I guess, without Robbie Rogers. But that just seems like a lot of defenders in that really expensive price range. Yeah, no no defenders. I mean, I guess uh, Jovan Jones has kind of emerged recently as, as the guy that's really been producing, but I don't feel like any of these guys have really uh, emerged as just like that go-to defender, it seems like we've had a, a few of those in the in the past couple of years, but this season it just it really feels like you're kind of just throwing a dart at one of the high-priced defenders. So I've been uh, feels like I've been punting that position a little bit more this season. With both spots, pretty much. I mean, maybe one one stronger than the other, but when it comes down to it, and it seems like I'm I'm going through the game logs, just thinking, man, like this guy that I could pay. 5,400, 5,500 for is getting six, seven points, you know, three out of the last four games. And same with this center back that's 2,800 or something. It's like, yeah. you know, if I can get that, save three, three grand, then I'll, feels like that's kind of the, the direction I've been moving. It's been all right so far. So, 
Yeah, just all right. Um, I mean, it's it's worked out, is what I'm saying. It's not like it's been it's been killing me because there's really no been no defenders that are just going off game in game out. So yeah, and I feel like the higher end MLS options are more reliable than the higher end like Premier League ones. That you know, every so often a guy like Gilfie Sigurdsson will have a bad game, but it's like so rare to see like Ladero have a bad one. Right. So. Um, the next game actually does have a high-priced defender that we kind of always talk about. It's Dallas home against Portland. Kellen Acosta at 5,600 is, is pretty pricey, but we kind of have said a few different times that he's basically a midfielder that you get to play as a defender. Uh, Portland's going to be without Jake Gleason. They're also without Diego Valeri. So it seems like there should be some opportunities to take some Dallas guys, and Acosta is usually... I don't know if he's always the first one that I think of, but lately he has been just because he's a defender. Is fifty six hundred too much for you, or is that kind of right in your right in your wheelhouse? Yeah, I love Acosta, um, but just similar to last week, um, I feel like Dallas have got a couple other defenders that are about a thousand bucks cheaper in Hernan Grana and Manor Figueroa. Yeah. And both of those, I, I believe, outscored Acosta because they linked up on a goal last week. And uh, Grana, especially, he's been, you know, just whipping in crosses, picking up points without the assists. So he's a guy I really like this week. Uh, Figueroa's probably after him. And then I'd say Acosta's third for me out of those three. Okay. Um, I feel like when I see that lineup drop, if Javier Morales is in the lineup, which he, he has been the past couple of games, then it, it immediately. Um, gives Acosta's value a pretty, you know, pretty big drop off yeah. just from him him taking over most of the set pieces and whatnot. Because basically, at that point, you're just looking at playing another defender for 5,600 that's not on set pieces and doesn't have a ton of goal upside. So, it's kind of my awful. take on cost on Acosta. Okay. Um, are there? Are you looking elsewhere like a Rudy or Barrios? I feel like. Dallas has almost like too many evenly matched guys that nobody kind of jumps out at you that you have to have. And so you end up like not wanting to pay up for any of the Dallas guys. And on a slate like this one, when you need to try to save, it seems like you could probably fade this game too. Yeah, I don't know. I like a Rudy. Um, it's going to be tough to work him in. I mean, he's kind of in that middle range. Range. He's yeah. not super pricey. He's not super cheap. Um, so I, I don't mind that play at all if you want to play him because I think he's probably going to be hitting close to double digits in this one. I actually think Dallas are going to get the win with Valeria out with Gleason out, and I think Dallas will take advantage of that. And uh, one guy I do like, in addition to the, the wingbacks that I mentioned earlier, is if he does start again, then Javier Morales, 4,600. Um yeah, he's getting up there in age. I think he's, what, 36 or 37. But, you know, he's still got the free kicks. He's still going to be on set pieces. Um, and so he had he went 85 minutes and their 1-0 win this past weekend. Mm -hmm. Only came away with five points. Um, but he was 5K then. He dropped 400 bucks. So I feel like 4,600 is, is a really good value to pick him up at. So um, he's a guy that I would probably consider – if I'm working, uh, looking for those, for that value play to work in the high dollar studs. 
Uh, one guy that I feel like may get a little more attention because Valeri is out is Darlington Nagby. He's forward eligible, 5,500. Obviously, the matchup at Dallas isn't ideal, but had a big goal last week. That's actually his second in the last three games. Had an assist, too. Uh, any thoughts on Nagby? Yeah, I wish I would have had exposure to him last week. <laughs> That's my thought on Nagby, but I probably, um, if it was anybody but Dallas, then I, I would probably be considering him more than I am. Yeah. Um, but just because it is Dallas, then that kind of immediately shoots him down um, the, the ladder on my radar. I just uh, Dallas is just so strong in the back, and, and got, they have so many weapons. Yeah, I do think that, he, that Nagby has a little bit more of an upside with with Valeri missing out. Um, we saw it with, with Blanco out. I think Nagby kind of shifted into more of an attacking role with Blanco out. I think it'll be the same this round with Valeri out, but, um, you know, Dallas is a little bit different of an animal than Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, do you like, I guess, uh, I'm trying to think of who, uh, is Atnella starting then? Yeah, he would start instead of Gleason. Like, do you think he'll get enough saves to overmatch any goals he'll give up, or would you just stay away from Portland defensively? I'm probably staying away from Matanella. Uh, I don't know, 4100 is a decent price, but I could see Dallas putting up two or three goals in this one. Yeah. So I'm probably staying away from him. I like Jesse Gonzalez. He's been solid lately, and mm-hmm. just without without Valeri, I just I don't think Portland's attack is really anything to be too worried about. Uh, they do have weapons still: Blanco, Adi, of course. Nagby can step it up when he when he wants to, but just feel like Dallas is just so strong defensively. Um, I mean, I'd probably roll with Gonzalez if I had the funds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Uh, the last game that whose lineup we'll see before lock is Minnesota hosting San Jose. It sounds like, uh, well, Kevin Molino is questionable with a hip injury. I believe it's a hip. Um, and I was saying to JD, I have Christian Ramirez as one of my forwards in FMLS. I'll probably not keep him in there. But uh, Minnesota's looked pretty good. They've looked better even defensively. Uh, does that make you shy away from any of the whoever the earthquake attacking options actually are Wando and Wando <laughs> Wando and possibly Jameer Hika. Hika. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah JD brought starts. him up. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be looking for him in the starting lineup. Um, I'm not really convinced just yet that Minnesota have completely shored up their back line. I do think okay. that they're um, moving in that direction with, with bringing Cronin in. And I guess you could, figure Birch into the equation, even though I don't think he's the best defender out there, but he's banged uh, up they've too. been getting, yeah, they've been getting the results since they made the move. And, uh, I'd probably still stick Wando in and, and, uh, GPP. I like, uh, I like his chances and I like Hika mm-hmm. going up against them. I think he's a pretty good price too. So, um, those are really the main two from, uh, from the quakes that I'd really even consider. No love for uh Godoy. I mean, maybe in FMLS, but probably not on DK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fantasy MLS, he had a pretty good round this past week, of course, with the double game week. I think he hit double digits, and I think he's going to bring you that four, five, six points regardless. 
even if he doesn't score anything, just because he's picking up those other bonus points. So um, I love him in that format, but not as much on DK. Right, right. Uh, and from Minnesota, does it go beyond Molino and Ramirez? And you probably wouldn't play. I mean, I'm, I Molino is really the only one I think that I would consider, and he's kind of in that same price range as like Iguain and Blanco. That I'm not sure. Well, Blanco, I probably wouldn't play either. But I don't know. I'm usually scared of the earthquakes defense when they're at home on the road. It seems like you should be able to attack them. Yeah, I do like, uh, especially if Molino's out, I do like a couple of other options. I like Johan Venegas. Venegas yeah. He's been, he had an assist uh, on the game winner this past weekend, a goal the weekend before that. You look at his game log, I mean, he's been hitting double digits or more every single game, so, um, or the past, I guess, four games, not every single game, but. He's kind of been a sneaky play. I don't. He's going under the radar. So, um, if Molino's out, I think more of the scoring load kind of falls on him, and he's been carrying some of that the past few games anyway. So, fifty-one hundred. I like that play. And Miguel Ibarra, even though it seems like he's been lining up a little bit more defensive than I'd like him to at thirty-six hundred, um, I have to consider him at that. He used to be known for as a goal scorer in the A-League. And he even saw some time with the U.S. national team there for a minute yep, yep. Um, at Ford. So uh, 3,600, it's it's a little bit of a punt play, but without Molino, then he could shift up into the attack even more. So I like those two guys, and I do like Ramirez this week. Um, I wish I could play him in, in F- MLS, but I'm probably not going to be able to. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, he's just he's been a beast this season. He's been exceeding my expect ex- expectations and um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him keep it up and be in the golden boot race by the end of the year oh oh yeah right. <laughs> we'll see about we that go. but he's, <laughs> he's in the mix right now he's got five goals i think yeah uh what does kibo have seven maybe uh so, i think that's right yeah yeah he's up there and he's i think he's Minnesota do not have a lot of goal scoring options, so I think he's going to continue to stand out. Excellent. Um, next one is eight thirty Eastern. Sporting Kansas City home against RSL. Uh, it sounds like Plata is questionable again. Um, Ramondo is questionable as well. Sporting Kansas City look pretty much set to control this one. Um, I assume Jimmy Madronda is locked into your FMLS lineup. Yeah, he is. Uh, he finally, I guess, was it this past weekend that he finally broke the clean sheet mm-hmm. streak? He had what he started the season with like seven straight weeks of the clean sheet. Obviously, uh, being subbed out and being awarded the clean sheet, even after Sporting KC conceded, factored into that. But uh, the rules are rules. It. Yeah, it's all <laughs> part of it. So. Um, yeah, he'll be in, he'll be in my lineup. Ico Parra will probably be there. I may do a switcheroo with, with one of those two guys, mm-hmm. but I like them both this week. Um, yeah, I mean, Madronda's kind of crept back into consideration for me on DK. Uh, 4600 is a really good price, even though it's a little bit higher than it has been the past couple of weeks. Um, but he had eight points this last round, no goals, no assists. 15 points the round the week before with an assist. So for 4,600, 
that's a guy that can uh, can bring that kind of double-digit production for really good value. So I like him this week. Uh, how else do you get reasonable exposure to Kansas City? Because, like, Fellhaber's pretty expensive, so is Dwyer. I feel like you're never going to pay up for Graham Zuzi, even though he's a defender. We may get lucky with a Sunni side, but unlikely. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> home against RSL, is it really just the defensive options? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if he can even go there unless yeah. you want to punt. <laughs> unless because their their wingbacks really aren't anything to get excited about. Um, True. I mean, yeah, Zussi, I think, is, is a guy that can hit double digits, but I just don't know if I want to pay that much for him. Yeah. Again, going back to just that that defender factor where, where nobody's really jump, jumping off the board at that price range, and I just I don't feel like he's worthy of that $5,300 price tag playing as a, a wingback. Um, Do you consider anybody for FMLS? From Meaning, Sporting from, KC? From in the attack, yeah. Oh, in the attack, probably not, just because I'm not gonna have uh, enough enough room. Just I've got a, I've built my bankroll up to where I've got right now. I think I've got Ladero, Alessandrini. Um, who else do I have Piotti in there? And, yeah, I've got uh, Piotti. Almiron. I've got Almiron. Yep, I've got the big four. And I've got Javinko and Dempsey up top. So it's like I don't. I'm not gonna be able to squeeze anybody. Yeah. And I guess if you want to consider Madranda. Um, since he's technically somewhat in the attack, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, you know when I visualize my lineup right now, it's a uh, three-five-two. But knowing that Madronda is more of a midfielder, then it's more like a two-six-two that I'm running out. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice way to think about it, right? And then if uh, Piotti or Almiron scoot up to forward, it could turn into a uh, there you go, a two-four-four. <laughs> <laughs> Just what we all wish we could play, right? Um. And then anybody from the RSL side, Rusnak obviously is the one that comes to mind when you think of RSL, but I'm not sure you're playing him at Kansas City. Yeah, I like Rusnak a lot, but I'd, I'd prefer him on, you know, in a better matchup at home. Um, he's his price has crept up, and even in this match, just comparing him to Failhaber, I think I like Failhaber a little bit more. Um, so if I were, if I were going for anybody from this match, it would probably be Benny over Rusnak. But right. I don't I don't I'm not saying I don't I don't, I don't think I'm going to be playing Phil Haber. Just again, too many good too many better options at that position. Yeah. All right. Uh, next game is Seattle at New England. These final two games are absurd mismatches. You got cross country flights for two teams that aren't really that great defensively anyway. But the first one is Seattle, home against New England. You obviously mentioned Ladero. You mentioned Dempsey. Um, I was speaking to JD that I was surprised that um, that Jovan Jones wasn't a little higher on the rankings this week, um, although Seattle do, do have some questions, injury questions in the back. But um, do you think, do you think like Jordan Morris gets should get a goal in this one? This he is where could. I ask you to pr- try to convince <laughs> me that Morris is going to work out. Right. It's against New England, so I uh, would not be surprised. But he's just so tough for me to, to play in in DFS just because he's just really just a goal, def- 
pendant forward as they come. Oh, so. sorry, I meant FMLS. Yeah, but I get you on DK. Yeah, that's he's like a total not untouchable, but that's right. Yeah, FMLS. He's a little bit more attractive just because I mean you're not really any other forward that does much on DK. Then you're it's not really gonna help you much on FMLS. So yeah. Um, Dempsey's taken 14 shots in the last two games. Gosh. Yeah, love Dempsey as a forward in this one. Mm. Uh, that dual position eligibility is big time, especially for for this slate. So if I can squeeze it, then then Deuce is in the mix. I mean, he's he, no reason not to be. I'd say at this point. Yeah. Yeah. The. Dempsey, uh, Dempsey, Ladero, Alessandrini leaves you pretty light everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, definitely gonna be squeezing the uh, the Daxes and the. Well, I think the bigger the, problem you'll have is finding the cheaper, um, like another cheap forward, like even to just fit in, um, because, I mean, you're just not. I'm trying to see here. Let me see. If I get Dempsey in, you're at thirty-seven eighty, is your remaining salary if you have Alessandrini, Ladero, and Dempsey. Right. And I mean the cheapest forward, like starting forward, is um maybe Darren Espria if he gets the start for Valeri. He's forty one forty one hundred. Okay. Um nobody... Yeah, you got Nico Hansen I mentioned earlier, but he's crept up in price. Yep. Tesho, um, if he gets a start at 43, um, it's pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty ugly. And uh, I know JD will be excited. Maybe he can include this pick on in his within his article. But I think a decent, cheap, I mean, relatively cheap forward. He just, I think he picked up his first start of the weekend, the season this past weekend. Will Bruin, <laughs> 5,800. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me. Out. All right. <laughs> he had I'm nine listening. points. He had nine points this last game without a goal or an assist. Yeah, I think he got off five shots, mm-hmm. and he played the whole ninety minutes. Seattle had got a really good result. They won three nil. So, I think he helped open up a lot in the attack for him as that big target up front, and you know it worked out. So I think he'll be back in the mix. Uh, pretty good matchup against uh, Rev's defense that I'm not, you know, not convinced that they can. Slow Seattle down after they beat, put the beat down on on the Galaxy. So, I'd be willing to give Bruin a shot. Wow. Um, <laughs> hmm. Looks like I'm, I'm looking at the lineup here. The four two three one. I thought maybe it was just a maybe a four four two with Morris and Dempsey up. Or excuse me, Morris and Bruin up top. But I guess they had Morris kind of on the wing. But yeah, he was a little bit kind of cutting in from the wing a little mm-hmm. bit more than usual. So, um, I mean, they looked really good and I think Bruin was a big part of it. So, you know, DFS wise, he's a guy that anybody that's played him before knows that he can bring you like two points or, and that includes like missing a couple of wide open sitters where you could have easily had 20 points <laughs> or he'll actually convert and come away with, you know, a good 15 to 20 points. But, I don't know. Some something to think about for me. Um, feels like kind of a new role for him, and he's scored some goals before. So this is kind of. I mean, it's not like they're playing uh, 
Sporting KC or FC Dallas, it's the Revs at home. So I really wouldn't be surprised to see him back on the score sheet. Okay. Okay. Guaranteed goal? I don't know about a guarantee. <laughs> threw that one. All right. Threw that one out there, but uh, potential goal. Okay. It's a little weak, but all right. Um, <laughs> it is weak. <laughs> I assume nobody from the Revs is on your radar. Uh, if Donnie Smith starts. <laughs> He's, he's up there. He, there he there's would. There's your cheap, cheap forward. forward. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's four thousand. No, probably not. Uh, I mean, man, Lee Wynn was was decent last week for us. Ugh. I didn't captain. He had uh, twenty points against DC. Probably should have had thirty. Was it a penalty? Uh, no, he's, he had a header early on, but he just seemed like he had a couple of really good uh, – I think he had a couple of really good, good crosses or, or passes in that Kai flubbed or somebody flubbed. He definitely could have had another assist. Kai Kamara flubbed a chance? What? Really? <laughs> <clears throat> oh, well. Uh, all right. Uh, final game, uh, L.A. hosting Philadelphia. We obviously, obviously said Alessandrini. Uh, earlier today, I was trying to convince myself that Emma Boateng would be a good switcheroo option on uh, FMLS, and um, I quickly let that go. But uh, it seems like you like with with LA, like you go right to Alessandrini, and then it's like, all right, if I want anybody else, and you kind of go to Giovanni dos Santos, but he's just been like such a total disappointment. I feel like, and then. Zardis maybe like where else could you where else could you go maybe Nathan Smith at the back but uh, I'm not too excited about that play he's 4,000 so I would consider him but um, yeah I mean I think Alessandrini's the guy here and then Zardes maybe as a GPP galaxy stack if you will um but yeah, I mean, it's it, really for me. It's just kind of Valasandrini's taken over in LA. I don't even really consider Dos Santos anymore at this point. Well, yeah. Well, it's... actually, uh, just had to do a double take at his price tag. He's forty six hundred. What? Which? Uh, wow. I mean, I'm not sure if I'm missing an injury or something, or if it just. I mean, yeah, it's maybe his. I mean, play he's, been, he's been pretty bad, but yeah, his play has reflected that. But that's like a. Almost fifty percent price drop. Yeah, eighty three hundred. He started <laughs> ten thousand uh, two hundred earlier this year. Now forty. Wow. Uh, I almost feel like you all of a sudden you, gotta, you, you have, to, have now. to slip him in. Wow. Oh. What is going on? Huh. Hmm. I mean, you have to play him. You have to have at least one lineup with him in it. You can't possibly have one without you know go the whole day without forty six hundred dollar Dos Santos. Yeah, I mean, we know the talent that he he brings to the table. It's just that's yeah, that's a hard fade. The points haven't been there at all, but still, it's Dos Santos. Right, right. Nobody in that range has his upside except maybe Tommy McNamara. <laughs> no, uh, that wasn't a joke, was it? No, it wasn't. <clears throat> I need JD here to back me up on it. He would have. Easily agreed with me. 
He's he's perform outperformed Dos Santos, I think, so far this season. Yeah, so. and he hasn't started yet, or he started once, right? Mm. Uh, no, nah, he hasn't started. Oh, he started last week. Hmm, maybe that's the problem. Oh well. <clears throat> All right, that's the Saturday slate. I have no idea. I assume there'll be a Liga MX combo on Sunday with this Atlanta DC game, um, so we can at least talk about the MLS game since we're knowledgeable about that. Uh, you mentioned Almiron for FMLS. Uh, I obviously, um, I agree with you on that one. They they're still without Josef Martinez, but uh, is it is it wrong to like try to get? exposure elsewhere like if i feel like everybody's gonna have almarone like does Assad or vialba like are they too far removed from almarone's upside to like think i could get cute with those guys no absolutely not i mean vialba has been great lately and i like the i like the matchup in general for atlanta dc just haven't been impressive at all and feels like a game that atlanta is going to be able to take advantage of that and uh it's been. A, it seems like it's been a few games since they've been at home too. So yeah, I think they'll put on a show for the. Uh, they've always got a good turnout, and DC is just the type of team that they can pick on for that. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like Assad is in play. Uh, Villalba is in the mix for me, and um, if you're looking at their defensive options, Garza has been pretty good too. So mm-hmm. yeah, Garza had um, in FMLS. He was in one of my early. Um, early builds along with Alec Khan just because I don't believe in the DC attack or whatever it is now. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see how how far I go there. But, um, yeah, that's a slate. Anything else? I think that's it. Cool. That's right. it. Um, so good luck to everybody trying to get Ladero, Alessandrini, and anybody else in a lineup. But – Will Bruin. Well, yeah, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> the old Will Bruin, Ladero, Alessandrini stack. That's the one it's we've the always. Will Bruin week. That's the one we've always wanted. All right, almost a guaranteed goal. Not quite there from from Skyler, but uh, thank you, sir. Good luck this weekend. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotawire.com slash soccer. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. 
MyPatriotSupply.com.